Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. We've got a great show tonight for you, the 2019 Annual ADHD Gathering of the Tribe Super Conference. And with us in our virtual studio is uh, Dr. Ari Tuckman. I um, want to get into the show uh, in detail. Tonight's show is really about uh, highlighting and previewing the, the 2019 Annual Conference on ADHD that's taking place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania from November the 7th to the 9th. Um, you guys have heard this before if you listen to my show. We're proud of our content. This conference has got good content, but it's a better thing to go to because you get to mix with your tribe. You learn stuff from the people that you're with. You get to talk to the speakers when they're done. It's just a spectacular event. To learn more and sign up, go to chadd.org. stands for Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Also, uh, we have had an ongoing relationship with Chad for some time. Our show tonight is being brought to you by Chad. And uh, today we're, we're offering the opportunity of uh, giving you two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you've got to do is listen to our show. We're going to share two keywords, excuse me, one keyword throughout the show. Write it down, listen to another show, write down the keyword, and email me. Attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and we will fire off uh, PDF copies of the current issue of Attention Magazine, and then one when the next one's published. Our... Um, our show is being brought to you by Chad again. We've got a little tip that we're going to play, and we'll get into things. Join Chad at the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD in Philadelphia, November 7 to 9. Where else can you learn the latest tools, treatments, and strategies to help manage ADHD? Share insights with old and new friends and take home new ideas and action plans to help you or your child thrive with ADHD. Register today at chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Um, we really encourage our listeners to become Chad members or to donate to Chad because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. Um, if, by, if you do become a member, there's lots of great member benefits um, but we really need to support them because uh, we need them advocating and lobbying for us on Capitol Hill. Uh, they do need money. Now, there are people like uh, Dr. Ari Tuckman, who's with us tonight, who give his time on a pro bono basis. There's a ton of volunteers. Um, he's actually a co-chair of the conference this year, I think, for the fourth year in a row. Uh, we had him on the show multiple times. He's a clinical psychologist who specializes in diagnosing with ADHD. Um, he's an international speaker. Um, lots of details on him. You can learn more about him at adultadhdbook.com. Normally, we'd spend some more time highlighting him, but tonight's show is really about our conference. Um, so with that, Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show. It is always a pleasure to be here and hanging out with you, Jeff. It's a, it's, it's, I, you know, I, I love doing this thing every year. My favorite thing is I get to talk to the keynotes before all you guys do to get the insight on what they're doing. We've got a great <laughs> lineup this year, a great lineup. Before we announce them, can you tell us, usually there's a theme um, and how the conference is put together. Can you tell us about that a little bit, and we'll start talking about um, our featured guests? Sure. So our theme this year is Better Together. And really what it, it we're sort of highlighting the fact that Chad, 
ADA and ACO, the ADHD Coaches Organization, have sort of fully integrated our conferences this year. So this is the one conference for everybody who is interested in ADHD in any sort of a way. Um, but, you know, it also kind of speaks to the fact, kind of, as you said, there's something about being there, being together in person that leads to interesting opportunities and interesting interactions that you don't get at home. And, I, you know, I do a lot of webinars and, and they're great and there is definitely a place in the world for them. But there's something to be said for being able to sit in on a presentation and then go up and talk to the speaker afterwards or talk to the person sitting next to you because who knows who they are. They could be another big name speaker. They could be another person in similar shoes as you who you can get ideas from um, wandering down the hallway and running into people that you sat next to yesterday, striking up a conversation. There's just a lot to be said for that in-person experience. So I'm all about it. I also like it too, because there's a lot of collaboration. I've, I've, just organically, all of a sudden, there's a conversation between an educator, a parent, a coach, and maybe a psychiatrist. You have all these different facets, multi-mobile, having a conversation that happens organically, and the interplay that happens and the insights that take place. I mean, that just kind of can't be designed. Um, I mean, you're not going to call up those people and just let's get on the phone and kind of talk about it. So these things kind of happen. I got to tell you, I've learned so much from just those conversations in the halls. Um, you could even be somebody that just has ADHD and stumble into those conversations and be fascinated and learn something about it and be able to ask questions and really kind of even relate it to yourself. So this is the thing that the, the conference really provides. And, you know, Ari, I think everybody's getting so comfortable with digital this and digital that, and it costs some money to go there. And you begin to look at that stuff, and I think there's a, there's a tendency not to go when really I think it's money well spent. And this year, Philadelphia is a very strategic location because it's close to D.C., Baltimore, um, Boston, New York. Was that a strategic decision this year, um, just to see if we can increase the footprint? That was very much a strategic decision because, you know, for, for some people, it's, by the time you add in the cost of airfare, it just becomes, you know, it just becomes kind of prohibitive. And I totally get it. Um, but, you know, being in Philly, New, as you said, New York, Boston, D.C., well, New York, uh, D.C., Baltimore are easy two-hour drives or Amtrak even easier. Boston, again, you can shoot down on Amtrak really easily. So it is a great location in that sense. Um, but I think there's also something, you know, even if you are flying, I don't know, I kind of like traveling like that. I get stuff done on the plane. It's nice to kind of get away from home experience some different things. So um, but I think that, you know, this year's conference location, we're right downtown in Philly. We're right near a bunch of cool stuff. So you have all sorts of easy access to everything Philly has to offer in terms of restaurants and sites and places to walk to and all of that. Um, I should also say, you know, what we're doing more and more of, and this is really part, the result of the integration of these conferences, is we're doing a lot more I don't know, we call them non-session activities, meaning we still have all that stuff with like, you know, expert speakers standing at the front of the room. We're doing a lot more stuff that is interactive, that doesn't involve sitting, um, you know, other different kinds of experiences that sort of cater a little bit more to a broader uh, part of our potential population here. So, you know, you're, we're really getting the best of it, not just a bunch of speakers. I, 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 
I couldn't agree with you more. I also like the creativity and the interplay and the cultures of those three organizations coming together because, you know, there's a talent show. I believe that's on Friday night this year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It is. And I have to have to tell you guys, you've never seen a talent show until you've seen an ABAC talent show. It's it's creativity <laughs> on parade. I, if there, and it's, I'm always amazed, absolutely amazed at how impressive that stuff is. I mean, a long time ago, the first time I ever saw a talent show was funny because I saw Kim Kensington get up and do stand-up, and I was told that was the first time that she ever did it. I was blown away. I forgot her name, and then I, I stumbled into Ari, and he helped me track her down, but I was like, really, that's the first time you've ever done it? It's off the charts. So anyway, not to get too far off topic, but there's a lot of real cool stuff like that that's not just informational but actually entertaining. So anyway. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, let's run to break, and when we come back, I did some pre-interviews with uh, three of the keynote speakers, Dr. Anthony Rostain, uh, Dr. Roberto Olivardia, and Dr. Rossini. So when we come back, we'll play those to kind of give you some insights on some of the things that we'll be talking about. Um, as we go to break, everybody, our secret word tonight is super. Our secret word is super. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We're back with Ari Tuckman. I'm um, having a great conversation about this year's conference. Uh, we've got three great keynote speakers uh, this year, um, Dr. Uh, Roberto Olivardia, Dr. Uh, Ross Green, and Dr. Anthony Rashney. Um Ari, do you recall who's the leadoff keynote on Thursday night? You know what? I should know this, and I have to admit I don't. I think it's Ross that's, Green on Thursday night, and then Tony um, yeah. Rothstein. Yep. And um, yeah. Roberto uh, towards the end. So I tell you what, we're going to run the tape of the interview that I did with Dr. Green first. Um, we're going to listen about his presentation, and when we get done, we'll have a little short discussion. So uh, this is uh, this is our little clip on Dr. Ross Green. 
We are here with Dr. Ross Green, who's a featured speaker at this year's 2019 Annual Conference on ADHD. Uh, welcome to the show, Ross. Thanks for having me on. You have a keynote address at this year's conference. Can you tell us what you'll be speaking on? Well, I'll be talking about the model of care I developed called Collaborative and Proactive Solutions um, and how it differs from uh, what I would call the standard of care, rewarding and punishing for kids and adults with behavioral challenges. And um, this is an approach that is mostly geared toward solving the problems that are causing people's behavior rather than focusing on modifying the behavior itself. Wow. That's, that's a very exciting to me. There's, a, there's an old saying, uh, the sun doesn't rotate around the earth, but if you don't have the right technology, it looks like it does. So it's kind of like you're looking at not just appearance-based stuff, but getting to the root of the problem. Um, can you share with an insight or two a little bit about uh, the nature of dealing with the problems for our audience just so they get a, a glimpse, get them excited about your, your address? Um, well, it's uh, you know I think it's really exciting because it's quite a shift from business as usual. You know, a lot of parents and employers um, are focused mostly on challenging behavior, and I view challenging behavior as just the signal, uh, the fever, the way someone is communicating that they're having difficulty meeting certain expectations. But where the action's at is on the expectations they're having difficulty meeting. And those in the collaborative and proactive solutions model are called unsolved problems. And, of course, what do we want to do with a problem if it's unsolved and causing challenging behavior? We want to solve it um, both so that it gets solved and also so that it doesn't cause challenging behavior anymore. The problem-solving process consists of three steps. The first is where we are gathering information from the person who's having difficulty meeting the expectation about what's making it hard for them to meet the expectation. The second step is where we are letting them know why it's important that that expectation be met. And then the third step is where we are collaborating uh, with the individual to try to come up with a solution that addresses the concerns of both parties. Here's what I say a lot. If the concerns of both parties don't get addressed, the problem is definitely still unsolved. Wow. I'm very excited uh, that you're going to meet this conference uh, on Attention Talk Radio. We like to, we, we pay attention to what people are paying attention to, and a lot of times it's the it's the unsolved problems, if you will, that's kind of underneath it. So it's it's real exciting. Uh, any other last little nugget or anything you want to leave with our, our audience uh, before uh, we wrap it up? Uh, only that um, this is a very different way of doing things, and the the whole goal is to you know it's not that rewarding and punishing doesn't work at modifying behavior. It's that there's a whole lot of kids out there who haven't been helped tremendously by reward and punishment programs. And it's really important that we have alternative ways of doing things. But probably the best thing about the collaborative and proactive solutions model, not only that it gets the problem solved, not only that it modifies the behavior, but behavior occurs really late in the game. And the unsolved problems occur really early in the game. And if we identify those unsolved problems proactively, then they can be solved proactively. And then we don't find ourselves doing those things that we do in the heat of the moment that are usually not ideal. Um, and here I'm talking about not only things we do in schools like detentions and suspensions and expulsions, uh, but also things that we do in lots of places like restraints and seclusions and solitary confinement. I find that these 
heat of the moment interventions, we might call them crisis management interventions, uh, are usually unnecessary, usually very counterproductive, don't keep us safer. Um, so this is a very proactive, collaborative way of going about doing things. And the research, I was just in Berlin presenting these data at the World Congress of Behavioral and Cognitive Therapies, um, it improves behavior every bit as much as reward and punishment programs do. But the main reason that I bring that up is because we will also be screening a film, a documentary film that was produced by my nonprofit at the conference. It's called The Kids We Lose, and it um, exposes a lot of these counterproductive things we do to behaviorally challenging kids and adults. And that's going to be worth a look for people who are attending the conference as well. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm very, very excited. I, uh, uh, I always like anything that's a mindset change, a different way of looking at it, um, particularly when uh, you know, sometimes you sit there and say the obvious solutions aren't working. There's a good chance you're paying attention to the wrong thing. And I'm excited to hear you talk about these types of things. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we look forward to seeing you in uh, Philadelphia. It's been my pleasure. I look forward to being there. So Ari, this is really kind of exciting. I always like when people are bringing new concepts to the board and addressing underlying issues that are not really kind of symptomatic because I think it really gets to the core of the problem. How do you guys come about choosing uh, Ross as a keynote? You know, Ross has spoken for us before, and uh, I want to say it was like six years ago, although since you always remember it being last year, it was probably like eight or ten, yeah. but um, – but he's, he's a great speaker. And, you know, as someone who does a lot of speaking, as someone who watches a lot of speakers, like there are very much people who are keynote speakers, you know, like that they can sort of fill a, a big room with their personality and with their ideas. And Ross is one of those guys. Um, he is very passionate about what he does. He knows his stuff. Um, he's got decades of experience behind it. And it's just a great, great model, not just for those really sort of troublesome folks who too much other stuff doesn't work well for, but just really a good way of kind of going through life, of a kind of collaborative um, way of addressing problems. And, you know, like his idea that if both people's problem isn't solved, the problem isn't solved is exactly right. I mean, that is so much of that totally guides the work that I do in my own practice and the way that I think about problems in my life as well. I like how you articulate that. And what I like about this conference is this is cutting edge stuff. This is new stuff. You know, there's lots of stuff out there that we do that doesn't always kind of solve the problem. And I think we're getting a lot closer by, by, you know, giving these platforms for Dr. Green to kind of talk about, to have people become familiarized. So, Another uh, keynote that we have is uh, Dr. Anthony Rostain, who I've loved him for years. He's very, very articulate. He's on his game. I want to run this clip. This is also another one where he's starting to share some things that are kind of cutting-edge stuff. So we'll run it, and we'll have a little conversation with afterwards. So here we go. We are here with Dr. Tony Rostain, who is a featured speaker at this year's 2019 Annual Conference on ADHD. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rostain. Nice to speak with you. I always love talking to you. Uh, you're giving a keynote address at this year's conference. Uh, can you tell us uh, what it's going to be all about? Sure. I'm going to focus my address on the importance of emotional dysregulation in ADHD and how science is beginning to understand it and how clinicians are beginning to address it and what people can take away from it having to do with 
more promising ways of understanding the boundaries and the relationship between emotional dysregulation and mood disorders. Sometimes there's a lot of confusion. I'm hoping to clarify that confusion. Is it a separate thing, or is emotional dysregulation a part of ADHD from uh, from the research side and what you're seeing? Okay, so from the research side, it's looking more and more like emotional dysregulation is constitutive or part of ADHD, but the problem is that the diagnosis of ADHD in the DSM doesn't really address emotional uh, dysregulation. So we think of it as certainly as associated, highly associated with ADHD, and we think in a majority of patients, emotional dysregulation plays a role in what's difficult about having ADHD. That's fascinating. I think if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, but I believe emotions were a part of the diagnostic criteria back before like 1970, and is it removed? Is that just a myth, or is there something to that, or do you even know? Oh, I do know. The the earliest research on emotions and ADHD was done in Utah when they were the first group to identify ADHD in adults, and they were actually pointing out the notion that things like controlling your temper, being able to handle frustration, um, and the difficulties with uh, sort of rapid mood swings began to be a hallmark for them of their adult patients with ADHD. In the child world, much of the discussion about emotions was pretty much moved over into discussions about mood disorders. And the one overlap there was had to do with oppositional defiant disorder, which was Mm -hmm. a different diagnosis. So ODD was the child who was getting angry quickly and, and, and having temper outbursts, but it wasn't seen as part of ADHD. So early on, child psychiatrists and psychologists tended to separate those two disorders, whereas in the adult world, there was an an effort by the folks in Utah to incorporate it as part of the diagnosis because it was such a, a really amazingly important feature uh, of, of, of what they saw in their patients. So if we look at the research, about 30 to 40 percent of children with ADHD have significant problems with emotional dysregulation, whereas with adults, it's over 50 percent. So one has wow. to think about this idea that in those individuals who continue to have ADHD into adulthood, this becomes a more and more important part of the clinical picture. I know years ago I started looking at ADHD kind of as a self-regulation issue and needing a person needs to regulate attention and emotion. And I have to say it was really transformational for me and a lot better outcomes because we both focus on the focus side but also the emotion side, which often kind of got in the way. So this is really exciting. Um, Any last little tidbits or nuggets you want to share to kind of tease the audience to get them excited about your presentation? Well, look, you just said the very, very key point, which is when we look down and what the brain is all about, you know, the prefrontal cortex, which is where we think our ability to guide our thinking and our attention and our ability to inhibit our, our impulses, that same part of the brain is also involved in regulating emotions. So really, I mean, a, a, a watershed change has occurred over the last decade in which we understand that the regulation of attention and emotion are both very closely intertwined. And that's why we think emotion dysregulation should be certainly considered a really important aspect of ADHD, if not fundamental to the diagnosis. In simple terms in coaching, we try to help people pause 
and ponder before they proceed. In other words, kind of pause and kind of override that thing. And, and uh, we coach it all the time, both in attention and in emotion and the ability to kind of notice it and catch yourself and kind of to, to do that. It's hard to do, but it's very challenging for, for many of those that can do it. It's profound what a change that they can find. And I like the fact that we're putting emphasis on it because, you know, if you identify you can't treat if you, if you can't treat something, if you don't really know it's treating, you can't coach somebody if you don't know it's there. So I'm real excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to it's a very important about evolution of the science and of the clinical and of the practical issues. You know, taking a moment to guide yourself and to collect yourself means both figuring out what you should be focusing on, but also making sure your emotional state of mind is in the moment able to tackle what's in front of you. So, you know, ideas like mindfulness and 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 learning to breathe and learning to pace yourself those are all actually both helpful to your attention, but also to the, your state of emotional well-being. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dr. Resting, thank you so much for your your time and your insights. Uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you in Philadelphia in November. I, you know, I'll be front row center. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. So, all right, I, you know, so far you got an all-star lineup. We've got two great speakers that are looking at things a little bit differently in a way that really makes a lot of sense. Kudos to you guys. Well, thanks. So, yeah, Tony is great. I mean, he you can tell in the interview he's a super smart guy. What you don't get in the interview, but what you will get when you see him speak is he's really funny and entertaining. So, you know, he's really able to sort of bring the material to life and hold your attention and – you know, really make it useful. I mean, he is a researcher, but he's really also a clinician. So it's all about how do we apply this to make people's lives better? And I think it's awesome that, you know, I mean, ADHD has been a diagnosis for a lot of decades, technically, but it's been a popular, meaning a well-known, well-treated diagnosis for, I don't know, let's say 20 or 30 years. And yet here we are, like we had this big, important kind of fundamental sort of ground shifting aspect of it that is now coming back into the fore, I think is really going to change how we think about ADHD and what we do about ADHD. You know, like, as he said, it had been thought of and known as part of the, of the diagnosis long ago, and then it sort of fell out of favor, it dropped off, and now we're bringing it back in. So, you know, even 30 years later, the, you know, what we know continues to evolve and change and get better. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember uh, I had a conversation with Dr. Barkley years ago, and they said they took it out because they couldn't measure it. They couldn't do anything, which is kind of crazy yeah. when you think about it. The part of it, you just ignore. It's not there. I'm just thrilled that it's coming back, and they've actually got some stuff, some science and stuff that will back it up. So I think it's going to be a great, a spectacular presentation and really insightful. So yeah. the well, third and, keynote. And the thing is oh, – actually, let me just drop this little bit in. Yep. You know, the thing is <clears throat> stuff like the attention problems, the executive function problems, are they're definitely sort of of ADHD are definitely sort of problematic. I mean, I'm not going to say they're not, but in some ways it's the emotional part that really gets you in trouble. Like that's the part that ends friendships. That's the part that damages romantic relationships. That's the part that makes you, I don't know. That's like, that's what gets you fired. That's what loses your job. That's what, you know, makes you the person in the work group that other people don't want to deal with. So, you know, understanding and addressing this emotional piece, I think, is really, really important. And, and I'm going to add to that. 
I think sometimes with ADHD, we have a tendency to look at characteristics and look at the more negative side. And I see emotional regulation as a characteristic. And you did a great job man describing how it can manifest in a difficult way. I got to tell you, though, Ari, I have seen people with ADHD, when they're excited about something and when they're passionate about oh, yeah. something, it's amazing to me. People just drop what they're doing and follow them. They don't even know why. But, I mean, sometimes <laughs> – this is a, it's an incredible type thing. I mean, I mean, it just comes out of them. And so I had to, I had to throw that stuff in there because it is a characteristic, but I think if you don't manage it, you get into trouble yeah. exactly with what you say. But sometimes I think if you look at the more positive say, I think there's something to be kind of said for that. And so with that being yeah. said, on the emotional yeah, this side, brings us right my, into our next speaker. Yeah. Who's, who did he, Dr. Roberto Olivardi, you actually introduced me to him. I think the first time, and he's, he's amazingly articulate. He's going to be talking a lot about his life experience, and Roberto Oliva is just a plethora of information. So we did an interview with him. I want to I'll run, run this. He, he has the ability to take really complicated things and make them so simple. It's, he's got so much insight. So we'll run the tape, and uh, we'll go from there. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We are here with Dr. Roberto Olivardia, who is a featured speaker at the, this year's 2019 Annual Conference on ADHD. Uh, welcome to uh, the program, Roberto. Well, it's great to be here, Jeff. Really looking forward to the conference. I'm looking forward to it. You're one of my favorite speakers. You have the best way of just taking complicated stuff and make it simple. Can you tell us what your, what your keynote um, address is going to be all about this year? Sure. So it's titled Thriving with ADHD, Sleep Disorders, and a Taste for Shenanigans, a conversation with myself and Mike and Scott. And uh, Mike and Scott is – a, uh, the host of WHYY in Philadelphia. It's a, a weekly health and science show called The Pulse. And her uh, show focuses actually a lot on people and places at the heart of health and science. And it'll be her and I together having a conversation where she'll be interviewing me about my own personal experience with ADHD. So unlike all of the other times I speak at the conference from more of a professional perspective, although I've always integrated some personal anecdotes, this will be more kind of my own personal journey of ADHD and some of the uh, ups and downs and a lot of the lessons I learned along the way. Wow. That, this is, oh my God, I'm so excited. This is going to be spectacular. Um, any, does any particular lesson learned um, come to mind that you can share as a tidbit with our listeners? Sure. That I would say the, the theme that I really hope to come across is the, the theme of acceptance, this idea that um, one of the things that I see with patients all the time is a great impediment to success with ADHD is really just accepting ADHD and accepting all that comes along with it. And, um, and hopefully my hope is in sharing my story is that, you know, I hit certain pitfalls and, you know, school was a struggle and I found ways of navigating. But I think if I really held on to the theme of accepting myself as I am, and if you have that as the foundation, then everything else, although you still, again, still have to work at it, but it's a lot easier um, and you can absolutely succeed with ADHD uh, as long as you have that as sort of the foundation that you really just accept and know that you're okay. I, it's, it's funny because um, I totally subscribe to what you're saying, accepting it and the way and, and doing things a little differently. I know that we've uh, 
on some separate media, like attention dog video and stuff, we've talked about how you do things differently, like writing your Harvard dissertation with punk rock videos playing on the same screen um, and the yeah. beat kind of helping you kind of go forward. That's just an example of something that, that I know personally that you've done that most people would sit there and say, that makes no sense. But in that acceptance and wanting to know how what works, I can see how you can uh, really learn to thrive. Absolutely. And, and actually, you know, some of those conversations that you and I, Jeff, have had, I, I get emails from you know those conversations that we did 10 years ago and that's what um what i'm excited about doing this and very honored that i'm being asked to to be one of the keynote speakers for literally you know my favorite conference to go to but people really respond to that and think oh wow you seem to be okay with the fact that you have to do this thing so unconventionally and and absolutely i mean that is part of of living with adhd and that doesn't mean that isn't isn't hard sometimes but you just have to work through it yeah, it's, it's funny because I actually brag about all your your unique things because I like to illustrate for people that cause this they say think outside of the box. It's hard to do that, but when I start giving examples of some things that I know that you do or I do and other people do, everybody goes, "Oh my God!" It really kind of opens their 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 creativity, if you will, and kind of kind of does helps them kind of think of things. So, uh, any last thoughts or comments before we close this out? Uh, no, I guess I'm just looking forward and hope that I can inspire people and to know that you know you could do and be whatever you want to be and um, and hope that people also laugh along the way with some of the examples that I give and, and are just touched by uh, any way that they can relate to my experience. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time and insights. I know I'm personally really looking forward to, to uh, your address. I'm looking forward to seeing you in uh, Philadelphia in November. Same here. So <laughs> he likes to make people laugh. So here, everybody, this is a funny story. Um, Ari comes to me and says, Jeff, you got to interview Roberto about the story of the punk rock videos. Because Ari, you were telling me you have to, you write in Stone Cold Silence. And Dr. Olive already wrote his Harvard dissertation in two weeks from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. with Lily, the punk rock videos going on the same screen. And he says the beat kind of helped him move along. I mean, how funny is that? That that actually propels him. He's accepting that and actually embracing it and kind of using it. I mean, it's it's hilarious when you think about, it, but it also shows what a difference each individual could be and and really quite entertaining absolutely i mean that's the thing i mean he's found a lot of really interesting ways there is other stories that i sort of cite to clients or in presentations of his and you know he is a really entertaining speaker he has adhd he, his son his mom i mean he has so many hysterical stories about his mom he has crazy stories about being a teenager and some of the ridiculous antics that he got up to the fact that he still has all his fingers and toes is kind of amazing <laughs> and yet you know like he tells her with real sort of heart and warmth and he's the perfect closer we're actually so in the past we've always done the saturday keynote in the morning for some reason i don't know why but um but this year we're actually changing it up and we're actually doing the the saturday keynote as the very last thing on saturday and i think it's the perfect way of sort of bringing it all together. Mike and Scott has been to WHYY is Philadelphia's NPR station. If you're, you listen to Philly's NPR station, you know her name because she's all over the place on NPR. She's phenomenal. So to have a great interviewer with an awesome, you know, subject of the interview, I think it's going to be an awesome way to really kind of bring it together and I think it's just, I don't know, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's just going to be a really kind of uplifting way to walk out at the end of the conference. I couldn't agree with you more. We've got, we've got a lot of great speakers sharing 
um, really get you to the core of the problem. And then it all comes together with him in the end and saying, hey, this is this is what different looks like, but also this is what successful is and, and accepting it and embracing it. And I can't hesitate to tell Attention Talk Radio was actually born over my difficulty in writing and interviewing is a lot easier for me. And I went that route to have a presence on social media. And at first people were like, you've got to be crazy, but I've been doing this now for 10 years. And it's funny, I, I it's been amazing to me because of the education I've gotten over the years interviewing the experts, which is just a byproduct of me accepting the fact that writing is a challenge and not even trying to do it and trying to do it differently. So that's just my story, but Dr. Roberto has got a ton of those. Let's go to break. When I come back, we're going to kind of close some things out. And, and while we're at there, I'm going to be anxious to hear what you're going to be presenting when we get back from the break. Everyone, our secret word tonight is uh, super. To register for the conference, go to chadd.org. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a, a quick overview of this year's uh, annual conference on ADHD. We got uh, some great keynote speakers coming up. I think uh, uh, we've got three organizations coming together, uh, working together to make everything a little bit better. Um, so it's very, very exciting. Um, you know, Dr. Tuckman, you're a great presenter in and of yourself. Can you tell us what you're going to be talking about this year or presenting? So my presentation is titled "Great Sexual Connection is Especially Important for Couples with ADHD," and it's based on some research I did looking at couples where one partner has ADHD and one partner doesn't, obviously, and how that impacts their relationship overall and specifically how it impacts their sex life. And the idea is that having a good sex life is a great way of sort of reconnecting, of feeling good about each other, of working well together. And, you know, the process of creating that good sex life involves doing a bunch of, you know, important and good work on the relationship overall, on managing ADHD, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I'm going to be sharing some of the results of the research that I did. And, you know, the idea is really to sort of help folks do better together. Because um, when the, you know, parents do better together, the kids do better, and, you know, we're all better off that way. That's exciting. Well, it's, it's, 
it's a hot topic, and what's really cool is you've done some research on it, and you've got a lot of insights. Um, I know that because we we talked to you about that in the past, and uh, it's interesting because ADHD is not doesn't it doesn't just manifest at work and home; it does manifest in the bedroom among other places. So I'm, I, I think it would be an exciting talk and a real good uh, talk for couples in particular. Um, so I'm excited about it. So um, yeah. Anything else? Any other insights before we close this out? I know that I'm biased since I'm the co-chair and all, but you know, I really do think that if you come to the conference, there is a lot to be gained. And it's not just like we've been beating this, but you know, it's not just the opportunity to hear the speakers. It's everything that happens in between as well, in that it all sort of comes together in a way that when you immerse yourself, that it just doesn't when you dabble in something, you know, sort of scattered into the bits and pieces of your life where you have room. So um, you know, it is an investment, but, you know, I think it's an investment that pays off. And, you know, if you do come, I would encourage you, like, you should never be shy at the Chad conference or the Chad at ACO conference. Like, you should always talk to everybody you want to, never sit by yourself unless you want to, unless you just kind of need that space. Um, because there's so many interesting people there. And as much as I go into the conference with some ideas of who I want to talk to, there's so many conversations that I didn't think about um, that yep. were just, you know, that were just great, you know, stuff that is kind of like, you got to be there for it to happen. So, <laughs> you know, I think if, if you can swing it, I'd encourage you to, to find your way to Philly in the beginning of November. Yeah. So I've been in two separate presentations. This is all ADD conference. Like I'm in a presentation one time and the speaker goes, how come people aren't walking up around in the back room? Like, isn't, aren't you guys antsy? And all of a sudden, you see the back of them, like, looking at each other. And the crowd, it's like a wave. They stand up and start milling around. I mean, how many conferences are you at saying, giving you permission? Like, how come you guys aren't walking around and moving and stuff like that? And then I was in another one, and they started off and they said, okay, well, listen, we're going to have three starts. One for the, the on time, the 10-minute crowd, and then we're going to have a restart 10 minutes before it ends for the people who just met, barely make it before the end of the conference. So it's like they expected you to be late. I mean, look, that's a perfect conference for people with ADHD, and you don't get this thing anywhere else. And so there's acceptance, and you learn a lot. And so it's, it's, I, I am a big fan of it. I haven't missed since, I think, 20, 2008 because of that experience. And it's amazing to me, Ari, every year I keep thinking, how much more can I learn? But I always learn more and more and more. So I really encourage everyone to, 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 to attend in some way, shape, or form. So with that, all right, thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing this year's uh, pre-conference. My pleasure. Happy to be here. I look forward to seeing you in person in November. Absolutely. So, everybody, our secret word tonight is super. And to sign up for the conference, go to chadd.org. And with that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Bye.